Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well. If your check engine light comes on, don't let your car suffer. Head to AutoZone today. The AutoZone Fix Finder tool can check it on the spot for free. It could be something serious or something simple like a loose gas cap. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Uh, we are here on a uh, spectacular um, Thursday. Had to think for a minute. Good start to the show when I think for a minute, uh-oh, what day is it? It's that time of the year when everything has gone kind of crazy. I was out Christmas shopping yesterday for the first day, and I don't do much Christmas shopping. And uh, I basically go to Costco and I go to Amazon. And uh, I was at Costco and then we went to the the mall, and I frankly don't know how anybody does it. It's an absolute zoo. I understand why on Christmas morning and also any Christmas party we go to, if you're a dad like me, um, you probably give presents on behalf of your family, and you're just as excited to see what people are going to get when they open up the presents from you as anybody else. My wife takes care of all that stuff. So anywhere you go, somebody's opening a present. I'm like, oh, I wonder why we got them. I'm going to sit here and watch the present be open. That's my situation for like 99.9% of all the uh, of all the situations we've got. Um, I think that uh, we are... What, what is the situation here? I think that we have a bunch of audio clips. I have no idea if they're ready to actually be played. So let's start with this one. We, do, we have the, do we have the Michael Bennett audio? All right, we've got two different, I think, pretty fun audio clips to play with. Uh, let's start with the Michael Bennett audio, and I'm going to play this in a sec, but you know how I have been talking all week about how Michael Bennett is protected by the media and the NFL, and I can't figure out why that is. Michael Bennett's a defensive lineman for the Seattle Seahawks. Last week, he was nominated for NFL Man of the Year. 
That's despite the fact that he lied about the Las Vegas Police Department being racist. And that's despite the fact that the three Las Vegas Police Department members who he said were racist were two Hispanic and a black guy uh, who he alleged uh, racially profiled him. And it's frankly just not true. And there are several hundred videos that prove that Michael Bennett lied. The NFL sent out a statement throwing the Las Vegas police under the bus. The uh, the Seattle Seahawks did as well uh, in the wake of his fake race-baiting alleged fraudulent uh, story about the racist Las Vegas police. NBC, CBS, Fox, ESPN, they all led with the Michael Bennett story. When Michael Bennett was proven to be a liar, no one talked about it except for this show. It's been almost total silence. Crickets. Well, then this past weekend against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a season when cheap hits and injuries is one of the number one stories in the NFL, Michael Bennett dove at the back of his opponent's knees and tried to injure him, the Jacksonville Jaguars center. And he's not going to get any suspension at all because the NFL came out and said, you know what, we think he was trying to recover a fumble. I mean, this is a total lie. Absolute and complete lie that makes no sense at all that anybody could defend. And I've been saying, man, what does Michael Bennett have on the rest of the NFL and on all the sports media for people to just be literally covering for him and not calling him out for what he did? I mean, compare the response to Michael Bennett, a known liar who the Seattle Seahawks still nominated for NFL Man of the Year in the way that everybody responded to Michael Bennett's cheap hit on the Jacksonville Jaguars center with the way that everybody responded to Rob Gronkowski's cheap hit. You would have thought Rob Gronkowski was the biggest villain since Billy the Kid in the United States, and nobody even cares at all about Michael Bennett. Well, this went to insane levels yesterday, and I thought the clip that we're about to play from ESPN's first take was so perfect, you needed to hear it because I feel like I'm living in an upside-down world right now when things like what we're about to hear can be said and no one hardly at all reacts nationwide. But I thought it was so emblematic of the argument that I have been making about Michael Bennett being full of crap, and the media completely covering for him. Now, I also am going to make a suggestion to you guys. A lot of times dumb things are said. I think we could have a lot of fun on this show if we start to grab clips from stupid things people say on television or radio and use them on this show. And the way we can do that is you can tweet me at Clay Travis. You can tweet at OutKick. You can tweet at Jmart Outkick. If you see something as ridiculous as the clip that we're about to play and you say, oh my God, Clay Travis was right. The reason we have this clip is because one of you sent this to me. I can't even remember who it was, but I grabbed it. I sent it to Jason Martin. I said, make sure that we have this ready to go on the show tomorrow. And this is phenomenal, okay? Just absolutely outstanding. And so I want you to hear this clip and then I'm going to open up the phone lines. I think this thing is so crazy. I'm also going to bring in the crew and let everybody react to this. This is real life. This is on ESPN's first take yesterday morning. This is Max Kellerman talking. Listen to this clip and tell me that you... you. I mean, I, I think your mind is going to be blown when you hear this. Again, what you need to know is a prelude. 
is, if you didn't already know, Michael Bennett has been proven to be a fraudulent race-baiting liar with his fake racism allegations from Las Vegas. Over 100 different videos have been released that prove that he was lying there. Number two, this past weekend on Sunday, he started a near brawl on the field with his cheap actions during the kneel-down situation of the game, and that kneel-down situation led almost to one of his teammates ending up going into the crowd after Jacksonville Jaguar players. Okay, that's the prelude that you need to know. Also, that he was nominated for NFL Man of the Year somehow by the Seattle Seahawks. Here is ESPN completely covering for Michael Bennett. This proves all my thesis so well. You need to listen to it. ESPN's first take. Here's Max Kellerman. Did Bennett deserve a suspension? The answer is no. And let me say, Quentin Jefferson should not have been suspended. There's a big difference, and that was, they got that right. There's a big difference between assault and your friends hold you back, right? So he didn't. Oh, so, well, he was just held back. But he didn't go up into the stands. That's what happened. That was the result. He should not have been suspended. That was correct. And neither should Bennett. And yesterday on the show, I said, Bennett deserves a suspension for the cheap shot during victory formation, going at a guy's legs. I said it was unbecoming. It was beneath him. It looked bad for the league, for him. It was Bush League, and he deserves a suspension for it. And I now have to take that back and apologize to Michael Bennett because so often in the media we come to a snap judgment. We're asked to opine about something right away. It seems on the surface to line up, you know, in a certain way where we have an opinion about it. I thought it was a cheap shot, so I said what I said, and I'm not Sorry for that, because I was giving you a genuine reaction. But more information has come to light, and you have to adapt to the facts, not just, you know, what you originally said. And the NFL said that he was going for the ball, and if you look closely, you can see what they mean. And then diving at the back of Linder's knees afterwards is because Linder, you know, gave him a little shot when he went for the ball, and then but, and Bennett went for the back of his knees, but not in a way to injure him, like high-impact collision. He was just trying to take him to the ground and get on top because they were having a little skirmish. So I take back what I said yesterday, given the new information. Bennett does not deserve a suspension. I don't care if you're in victory formation. The other team's players have a right to try to make a play on the ball, play through the whistle, and that's what happened. He apologized to Michael Bennett. How much more water can you carry for the guy? He dove at the back of another guy's knees, pinned him down, stepped on him, and started a brawl. I He apologized for his opinion that Michael Bennett should be a sp- suspended on ESPN. Tell me that this is not the very definition of of carrying water and covering up the real truth. I, I I heard this and my mind, when I heard this clip, one of you sent to me yesterday, my mind almost exploded. How can you watch a clip of Michael Bennett diving at the back of another guy's knees, a play that every single former NFL player I have heard asked about it says is incontrovertibly dirty? and then come out and apologize to Michael Bennett live on your air. Does Michael Bennett have the most unbelievable collection of blackmail of ESPN employees and ESPN executives that we've ever seen? Is he the equivalent of a KGB agent who's been sending out women 
to uh, what were they called, like honeypots? Has he been sending out honeypots everywhere? And has he got everybody at ESPN on campus there compromising photos of them? Does he know that they're all secretly sleeping with, I I, I don't know, elephants? I mean, I, I don't know what is going on here that could remotely explain how somehow you end up apologizing to Michael Bennett for his cheap shot. It's really an upside down world. And I wonder sometimes why is ESPN collapsing and this show dominating? Why are all of ESPN's radio shows losing listeners and this show is up 40% in the last year? It's not just that we're surging, it's that they're collapsing. And then I hear a clip like that and it just brings home again how there is so much inauthenticity in everything that ESPN argues and somehow we're dominating by just telling the truth. By the way, this is a perfect collusion between ESPN and the NFL. If you paid attention to that clip, because Max Kellerman said, I didn't know the full story. Why do you need the full story to watch that clip? There isn't a full story. You're listening to what the NFL put out as a rationale for why they didn't suspend Michael Bennett, and it is legitimately fake news. They said he was going for the football. Was the football somehow hidden behind the knees of the Jaguars center after the play ended? Was he smuggling the football in his pants? Was Michael Bennett trying to discover it? Because when he grabbed him and dove at the back of his knees and then refused to answer any questions about this, that was as dirty of a football play as you can get. When he then pinned him on the ground as the Jags center was holding up his hands and clearly making it readily apparent that he's not even trying to fight because he doesn't want to get flagged because they're in the kneel-down process of the game, and then tried to step on him. If you zoom in on that video as he's getting up, Michael Bennett shouldn't be playing this weekend. ESPN and the NFL are covering up what he did just like they covered up the fact that he was a race-baiting liar when he accused the Las Vegas police of racially profiling him. They covered it up so much that they gave him an NFL Man of the Year nomination on the Seahawks. The Seahawks said, of everybody that's on our team, we think Michael Bennett is the most worthy of everybody following and trying to emulate. Can you believe what they're trying to sell us and what ESPN and NFL in cahoots are trying to sell? They apologized to Michael Bennett live on the air yesterday. Can you imagine what would have happened if they had come out and apologized to Rob Gronkowski for saying he should have been suspended? The world would have come undone. But they do it for Michael Bennett, and hardly anybody even blinks at all. Am I crazy? Or is your mind blown too? 877-996-6369 is the phone number. 877-996-6369. I'll go around the horn to the crew when we come back and find out whether they think I'm crazy. Also, another great clip that you're going to need to hear in the next segment. Warren Sapp has been accused of sexual harassment. He gave a female employee at the NFL Network sex toys as a gift for three straight Christmases. I'm not an expert on Christmas giving, as I started off the show saying, but I don't think I've ever given a female coworker or a male coworker, for that matter, 
sex toys as a gift for three straight years. Warren Sapp tried to went on the radio and tried to explain himself, and you're going to need to hear this audio when we come back. Credit to Warren Sapp for the ultimate spin zone play. He's got an explanation for his sex toy giving that I think all of you will definitely hear and think, my God, that's inventive, if nothing else. I'll play it for you next time, uh, next segment when we come back. Hope you're having spectacular Thursdays. want to tell you, I've been saying this for about a week now because I didn't remember it. My mom told me. My grandfather was basically penniless in 1936, soon after the Great Depression ended. He had no money for groceries, and the Salvation Army helped him out and bought groceries for him. And as a result, he gave money to the Salvation Army for the rest of his life as his situation in life got better and better. I hope all of you are doing well financially and in your life. The truth is, some of you are not, and that's important because places like the Salvation Army can take care of you. And that's why I want you to help me and all of us as we partner with the Salvation Army to help kids and families in our local communities this Christmas season. Let's make sure every kid is warm, safe, and has something to eat this holiday season. Did you know 15 million kids are living in poverty across the U.S.? That's 21% of all the kids in America. Your tax-deductible contribution will help local families in your local area. The Salvation Army does work in every zip code in America. When you contribute, your money will go directly back into your community. So let's go right now to foxsportsradio.com. Click on the red kettle icon to donate. That's foxsportsradio.com and click on the red kettle icon or call 1-833-SAL-JOIN. That's 1-833-SAL-JOIN and please donate today. Go go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance as well. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want. So you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And so you'll be glad that you did that. Speaking of Michael Bennett and the insane, ridiculous, indefensible way that ESPN has covered him, 877-996-6369, I want to also give you one more bit of news that also has gotten relatively limited attention, although I want to give Yahoo Sports credit for this. Uh, after the game, Michael Bennett was asked to explain his actions and said, I don't have to explain myself. That's all he would say uh, when it came to diving at an opponent's knees. Uh, the NFL evidently agrees because they haven't had any uh, penalty at all to uh, to levy against him, but... It's interesting, Michael Bennett has been around long enough that he has made statements about this before. Uh, And he said, this is a direct quote from Michael Bennett ripping his own actions. People just really hate it when you have to dive at people's legs. This is Bennett when he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At the end of the day, we've got to keep going and move on to the next game and try to make a living. Some of these guys are on, on other teams are our friends. Um, and if you go back and look at that uh, injury, it is unbelievable that he would have been quoted specifically on this incident talking about people who dive at the knees. I mean, and then to have ESPN come on and directly apologize for him is frankly beyond the pale. So 877-996-6369 will take your calls. You can tell me if you think that I am crazy, 
But these quotes and these actions, and if you use the precedent the NFL set with both Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski, if you cheap shot somebody, you are not allowed to uh, to just get away with that and have absolutely no issue. Uh, this is also what Michael Bennett said last year. Honestly, I think if you dive at someone else's legs, you're a little bitch. Uh, <laughs> this is Michael Bennett last year on that same situation. Again, Michael Bennett explaining what he thinks of people who dive at opponents' knees. Honestly, I think if you dive at someone else's legs, you're a little bitch. Well, I guess Michael Bennett is a little bitch because he did exactly what he's been condemning others of doing. The difference is here, ESPN actually apologized to Michael Bennett for having the opinion that he should be suspended. It's an upside-down universe, guys. Uh, Let's go to the crew. Jason Martin, you frequently disagree with me. Am I not 100% right here that ESPN's position is indefensible and that Michael Bennett, who was quoted last year as saying, honestly, I think if you dive at someone else's legs, you're a little bitch. He did the exact same that he said, the exact same thing that he said everyone else is a little bitch for doing. Uh, you're right in principle. You're wrong in what you're saying because it's not a network position. This is Max Kellerman. This was one guy who came out and said this on an opinion show and then was immediately challenged right afterwards and said, why are you holding the water for this guy? So it's not the network. It's Max I would Kellerman. say that if you're paying somebody millions of dollars and he, is not the lead to on, their opinion? And, and he is the lead on a show, this is an indefensible opinion. To come on and say... I want to apologize to Michael Bennett for my opinion that you should be suspended is an indefensible position because well, his, you are his then carrying water. You are then carrying water for Michael Bennett, which is what just about everybody in the media is doing. L.A. So what you're do saying you think? ESPN should wait a second. So you're saying ESPN should not actually even allow him to apologize for his own I, opinion. I think because I think, of what yes. he believes. I think the only way he can believe that's insane. That, the only way he can believe that is if he is legitimately carrying water for Michael Bennett. You should not be able to come on the show and apologize for an opinion because it shows that you are completely untrustworthy. I mean, I don't even know how you could have that opinion. Like, I am well, of the opinion further. that many people can basically have opinions on all walks of life, but he is arguing legitimate fake news. Like, he is trying to sway public opinion on his show in defense of Michael Bennett. It's like he's on Michael Bennett's payroll. And for that purpose, like I don't know how you can take his opinion seriously on anything. When you come on and apologize to Michael Bennett for saying that he should be suspended for an unquestionably dirty hit, I, I, I my mind is blown that this could even happen. I have no concept for how you could be this dumb. I mean, in, in all legitimacy. Like, I don't watch much of these television shows, which is why I think it would be phenomenal if you guys would start to grab some of these clips because I think a lot of this stuff slides. I think when you talk, like, I talk all day. If people want to disagree with my opinions and they want to share them elsewhere, I'm more than happy for them to be shared elsewhere. A lot of you guys do it already. But I think if you talk and you have an opinion that's this bad, I think we need to start pulling some of these quotes, some of these quote-unquote hot-take artists and just unloading on them like it's uh, like it's what was the show back in the day, Hot Soup, or whatever that thing was when they used to grab all the best of the reality show, best slash worst of reality shows. Um, uh, the soup. I think we just need to absolutely unload on people. L.A., what do you guys think about this? Uh, 
I mean, how in the world can you defend coming on and apologizing to Michael Bennett? Well, I, I, mean, I wasn't. I wasn't going to until I heard Jason's uh, argument, and I, that, that, make, that makes sense to me. I mean, I you know, I he, Kellerman might be an idiot, but. I, I don't know if I would. He's I, the lead making millions of dollars on a show that's been built around him. Well, and he's the second lead. He's the second lead. Let's be real. He makes millions of dollars. Yeah, his but opinion. you're the. So he's not able to say what he wants to say. Then why is he on the show? That's I mean, my you argument. Can't it's come Kellerman on. You that can't you hate here. It's come not ESPN. On. You can't come on and have an opinion this dumb and ever have me trust your opinion on anything before. I mean, to me, well, it fine, seems but like, like he Max is Kellerman on anyway. the payroll. I don't know. I don't know anything about Max. I don't watch these shows. He said a lot of dumb stuff. I, I, mean, don't I told watch you a couple these... of days ago, we were talking about these cuts. We were talking about these clips and things like this from these kind of shows, and I mentioned that the Sports Business Daily article came out that said Donald Trump's the most influential person in sports, and Max Kellerman said that's absolutely wrong. The answers are either John Skipper, the head of ESPN, Les Moonves, the head of CBS, or Colin Kaepernick. And I, I said that seemed very I, indefensible as well. I, I don't think that's even remotely indefensible. I think that's a dumb opinion, and obviously this guy might make a living off it's of all dumb opinions. Though. But this is not subjective. Like you coming yes, on is. and ap- no, you coming on and apologizing to Michael Bennett is not subjective. I've never heard any remotely reasonable or intelligent person come on a show and apologize to a guy who is a lying race-baiting fraud for something that we all watched on video. He dove at the back of an opponent's knees and attempted to injure him. Every single person in America can watch that clip and reach the exact same opinion. It's like we're living in uh, in an upside-down universe where he comes on and tells us that the opposite of what we're watching is what actually happened. When you apologize, listen to this clip again. Do we have this clip? Listen to this clip again. This is so indefensible. Like, it's one thing to have an opinion that is, like, controversial. I have lots of opinions that you guys might disagree with on a regular basis that are controversial. This is a legitimate lie. He is legitimately lying on behalf of another liar and spreading intentional disinformation about things that are 100% dishonest. That is different than just having an opinion. That's like me coming on and making a blatantly untrue statement and then continuing to say it throughout the show. And to me, ESPN is responsible when their talent goes on the air and makes blatantly untrue statements that are flagrantly not supported by any evidence at all. If you allow this and consistently allow it, then you are culpable for the stupidity with which you are spreading. I think this is one reason why Michael Bennett is getting a pass. I've been asking that question. How is it that Michael Bennett is getting a pass? And by the way, this isn't just Max Kellerman. Somebody just sent me a clip of Mike Wilbon saying, I'm going to defend Michael Bennett here for diving at his opponent's knees. Yeah, there I told must you, have been I told something else that. said. Yeah, I told there you must about have been that something air. else said. Yeah, there was. He said that he was retaliating something that he thought was dirty. And Kellerman went further after the clip that we played and actually said he thought he was protecting Brandon Linder. By the way, he rolled into him. It is indefensible, but it's one man's opinion that was then immediately challenged by the next person that was allowed to speak on that I don't, set. I don't All care I'm suggesting is it's not else. a network's position. Oh, I think I disagree. One commentator I think, said, I I think that's insanely. That's, I think that's, that's not dis- fair to ESPN or no, anybody else. No, it is else. totally. Look, Jason, I mean, you're it's not like Skip Bayless. No, stop. You haven't done television. Everything on television is planned. It's like a play. 
They have that clip lined up. They know exactly what he's going to say. Max Kellerman said, I'm going to go on television and apologize to Michael Bennett for my opinion yesterday. Period. Everybody who has ever done television knows how television works. It's like a play. You get makeup put on. They set the clips up. You line up exactly what's going to happen on the show. You know exactly what arguments are going to be made. There were tons of producers that sat around in this room. They knew exactly what Max Kellerman was going to say. Max Kellerman came in and he said, Hey, guys, I was wrong about Michael Bennett. I need to apologize to him on air. They wrote into the script for what they were going to say on the show. It's not like radio. It's not like radio at all. I'm not suggesting it was impromptu, Clay. Where one minute you don't know what somebody's going to say. I can go to a phone call right now when when we come back out of this break, and I can have no idea what somebody's going to say. There are many segments that start on this show. I don't have a script in front of me. Radio is like jazz. You don't know where the next note is going to go. It's one reason that I love it. Having done a ton of television... You know what your argument is, and everything is laid out on that script. They said, okay, in the A block, we're going to talk about this. Max is going to apologize to Michael Bennett. Every single producer at ESPN knew it. Every single executive at ESPN who pays attention to first take knew about this. So they knew he was going to go on and lie. They knew he was going to go on, that his opinion was wrong, that he was going to lie, and that he was going to cover for Michael Bennett, and they allowed it to happen. I've been in shows. Somebody would have said, hey, you know you've seen that clip, right? He's definitely diving at the back of his knees. This is a really bad argument. Are you sure you want to make it? This is not just a failure, in my opinion, of Max Kellerman. This is a failure of everybody who works on that show. This is a failure of everybody associated with this argument in any way. They put together this clip. They wrote in a script that question for the host on that show to ask, knowing exactly what he was going to say. It's a lie. He went on television and intentionally spread disinformation designed to protect Michael Bennett, which is my argument out there, period. That the media has been covering for this guy, that the NFL has been covering for this guy, and I just don't get it. He's a lying, fraudulent, race-baiting loser who tried to intentionally injure one of his opponents, and this was the clip that happened. This is what ESPN planned for. They are carrying water for Michael Bennett by even allowing this segment to occur. Listen. And yesterday on the show I said, Bennett deserves a suspension for the cheap shot during victory formation, going at a guy's legs. I said it was unbecoming. It was beneath him. It looked bad for the league, for him. It was Bush League, and he deserves a suspension for it. And I now have to take that back and apologize to Michael Bennett because so often in the media we come to a snap judgment. We're asked to opine about something right away. It seems on the surface to line up, you know, in a certain way where we have an opinion about it. I thought it was a cheap shot, so I said what I said, and I'm not – Sorry for that, because I was giving you a genuine reaction. But more information has come to light, and you have to adapt to the facts, not just, you know, what you originally said. And the NFL said that he was going for the ball, and if you look closely, you can see what they mean. And then diving at the back of Linder's knees afterwards is because Linder, you know, gave him a little shot when he went for the ball, and then but, and Bennett went for the back of his knees, but not in a way to injure him, like high-impact collision. He was just trying to take him to the ground and get on top because they were having a little skirmish. So I take back what I said yesterday, given the new information. Bennett does not deserve a suspension. I don't care if you're in victory formation. The other team's players have a right to try to make a play on the ball, play through the whistle, and that's what happened. It's unbelievable. 
It's like an upside-down universe. I'm going to open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. My opinion, which was correct yesterday, somebody at the league office called me and said I need to apologize for it. Maybe Michael Bennett himself called. Why are they carrying the water for this guy? You don't like. How do you apologize for an opinion you have that's completely right unless you've been told you need to change your mind? And that's basically what he said. New evidence has come to light. What new evidence? Is there a new clip that's come in, like the Zabruder film? We got a new shooter. Back into the right, we saw the clip. He dove at the back of the guy's knees. The NFL made up a fake story. They then gave it to Max Kellerman at ESPN. Max Kellerman goes in at ESPN and says, hey, I need to change my story. Let's build an entire segment around this. And ESPN allows it to happen. And we didn't hear it there, but they actually queue up the show to toss to Max Kellerman so that he can apologize for his correct statement, which he now says was incorrect because he's covering along with ESPN and along with the NFL inexplicably for Michael Bennett. I just don't get it. 877-996-6369. That's how the sausage is made. It's fake news in the world of sports, and I see it happen all the time, and I'm asking you guys to help grab stories like these. And you say, why does it matter? It matters because this changes public perception. You come in with lies, and you alter the way that fans respond to things. That's a blatant lie that Max Kellerman said on the air. There's a difference between an opinion which is defensible and an opinion which is indefensible. He indefensibly apologized to Michael Bennett. Why? Because the word went out that they were going to protect Michael Bennett. Why is this? I don't know. Maybe Michael Bennett has videos of everybody in prominent positions at ESPN and the NFL Network having sex with horses. I have no idea what's going on. Speaking of having sex with horses, kind of the defense that Warren Sapp made. I'm still going to get you that clip here momentarily as well. But first, let's find out what's trending now. We'll start with news from the NFL. We're at the league's winter meeting. Spokesperson Joe Lockhart announced that the new contract extension for Commissioner Roger Goodell will be his last with the league. It runs through the 2023 season. The details of the extension revealed that the deal, which could pay Goodell up to $200 million, is not guaranteed money. Almost 90% is incentive-based, which means his performance will be evaluated and approved by owners in order for Goodell to receive the full payout. In NBA games, a note, Rockets make it 11 wins in a row with a 108-96 win over the Hornets. Chris Paul, 31 points, the win for Houston. Celtics over the Nuggets, 124-118. Kyrie Irving back from his quad injury at 33 points for Boston. And the Thunder beat the Pacers, 102-95. Paul George back in Indiana to face his team for the first time, had 12 points for Oklahoma City. This report's brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And Clay, at the NFL Winter Meetings, Commissioner Roger Goodell was asked about the sexual harassment accusations at the NFL Network. He said, quote, those issues are important to us to make sure that all of our employees, whether at the network, the league officer clubs are working in safe, comfortable environments. Anytime that doesn't exist, we're going to make sure we deal with it very quickly and very seriously, end quote. Whatever you're giving for Christmas, I hope it's not a sex toy to somebody that you work with. But if it is a sex toy, I hope you don't do it for three years in a row. But if you do do it for three years in a row and give your employee uh, or your coworker a sex toy, I hope your defense is as smart as Warren Sapp's defense. That next. Plus your calls reacting to ESPN living in an upside-down universe, making up lies, and spreading this disinformation across the entire sports media. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance as well. 
Love has an army. You can join the fight. Help the Salvation Army fight for those in need all over our community this Christmas by going to foxsportsradio.com and clicking the red kettle icon to donate or call 1-833-SAL-JOIN. We're kind of diving into a story here, and I would encourage you guys again, when you hear stories like this that are legitimately fake, grab the clips if you can, because we want to play audio. I don't want to just hear, oh, so-and-so said so-and-so. I want to hear the actual audio myself, which is what happened with the clip that we're playing this morning of ESPN going to war to defend Michael Bennett, even though there's absolutely no position whatsoever worthy of defense here. And um, I think it exposes what is uh, what I've been talking about significantly here. Why has Michael Bennett gotten a pass? Why is everyone in the sports media just about other than me? Really, just about other than me. How many people have you heard actually talk regularly about him being caught lying to police in Las Vegas? Almost no one. ESPN, CBS, Fox, NBC. Almost no one has covered this. And then he does a blatantly dirty move. A play that he had described himself last year as being indefensible. Michael Bennett last year, if you have to dive at someone else's leg, you are a little bitch. He said that last year. And then he did it himself, igniting a brawl. In the wake of all the attention that was given to Rob Gronkowski's dirty hit, in the wake of substantial attention that was given to Mike Evans' dirty hit, both of which led to suspensions, and also in a couple of week, within a couple of weeks or a week of Juju Smith-Schuster actually getting suspended for a block uh, that was borderline legal within the context of the game on Van Vontes Perfect in the uh, Steelers game against the Bengals. How in the world can everyone be carrying water by and large for Michael Bennett and not standing up and saying, wait a minute, this guy is being treated to a completely different standard. I think it's stories like these where they scripted at ESPN a defense of Michael Bennett and apology. Let's give Max Kellerman a softball and allow him to spread fake news about Michael Bennett. The same fake news that the NFL came out and spread and said, oh, we're not going to suspend Michael Bennett because he was trying to knock the football away. I don't know why they are so loath to suspend Michael Bennett, but everybody is trying to protect this guy. And it's protection unlike anything I've ever seen of any player. You violated the NFL personal conduct policy, Michael Bennett, when you made up a fake racial incident and threw the Las Vegas Police Department under the bus. I think it's the single most indefensible thing that any NFL player has done off the field this year. I think he should have been suspended for that, and I've been saying that on this show for weeks or months. But then to follow it up with the Seattle Seahawks nominating him as man of the year, and then he goes out and tries to end the season, maybe even the career, of this Jacksonville Jaguars offensive lineman in a kneel-down situation. He knocks him down, he climbs on top of him, he steps on him, all dirty plays. And the NFL comes out and says something totally false, that he was trying to swipe the football away blatantly false we can all watch that clip ourselves Michael Bennett does something that he says about last year any player who does is a little bitch and he's getting defended by guys on the most prominent opinion show on ESPN they scripted in a defense I think it's totally without parallel that I can remember but again I want you guys to send me things like this which demonstrate to me a clear agenda Brian in California what's up Hey, how you doing, uh, Clay? First time caller, long time listener. Uh, actually, I agree with you about the whole uh, Michael Bennett thing. I think he's a hypocrite and a liar. 
Uh, I'm a Raider fan, and we keep not bringing up the Crabtree Taliba incident where Crabtree was actually blocking, and there's bylaws in the NFL ruling book that says you can't take somebody's personal property off of them, which is a gold chain, which happened twice, and the NFL did nothing in, in defense of Crabtree, but they want to slam him for two games for blocking somebody into the into the uh, into his own bench and getting getting basically jumped and then getting attacked while he's coming out field by Talib and still he, he gets two games and then luckily gets one. I have no toleration for anybody that's crying about Michael Bennett and he should get a pass when Gronkowski got, you know, slammed. You know, they let certain players get away with murder and other players if it's just team or whatever, they end up getting like, you know, Murder. I don't, I don't yeah, no, I, pre- I appreciate the call. This is how the sausage is made. They decide that somebody gets favorable treatment, they leak information, and they get guys like Max Kellerman to write into a script at ESPN that he's going to apologize to Michael Bennett and that he's going to carry water for him. Ralph in Utah, what's up? Hey, Clay, I love the show, man. So, I agree. Bennett should be suspended if they suspended Juju, they suspended Brock. This is no better of a play. He should get suspended. But um, going with your producer there, there was more to that clip. CG is scripted, I agree. But I think they scripted this whole thing where Kellerman comes on and apologizes, and then the other guy turns around and crushes Kellerman for it. There's two sides to the whole thing. Yeah, but the, the way that you convey the sides matters. And that's where I'm, t- I'm throwing this show in as fake news. If you want to script a debate, you can easily come in and say, you know what, should Michael Bennett be suspended? Max Kellerman is going to argue no, and somebody else is going to argue yes. That can be a script. The way they set that up was Max Kellerman having the opportunity to, one, apologize to an athlete for his opinion, which I've never seen before. That came from somebody or someone. They called up Max Kellerman and they said, hey, you need to walk back your criticism of Michael Bennett. We'll continue to take your calls, and I'm going to play this insane clip of Warren Sapp apologizing for giving sex toy gifts. You need to hear it on OutKick. Live from the Geico OutKick Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well. If your check engine light comes on, don't let your car suffer. Head to AutoZone today. The AutoZone Fix Finder tool can check it on the spot for free. It could be something serious or something simple like a loose gas cap. Get in the zone, AutoZone. If you're joining us across the country this morning, appreciate you spending your Thursday with OutKick, the fastest growing show anywhere in the nation in sports talk radio, approaching 300 AM FM affiliates, dominating in the ratings and the podcast downloads, millions of you coming in every single day. Thank you for being the engine that drives our growth and for sharing this show and saying, hey, Stop listening to those other losers. Listen to Clay Travis instead. Sirius XM Channel 218, XM Channel 202. One of the reasons I think we're growing like gangbusters is because I come on this show every single day and try to be as honest as I possibly can. That means that I tell you exactly what I think. I don't believe that I have ever apologized for any opinion that I've ever had, particularly when my initial opinion was right, even if somebody else called me, and it happens all the time, and they said, hey, I heard the show, I'm uncomfortable with what you said. Here is something else I wish you had said instead. Happens all the time that I have an aggressive opinion that somebody reaches out in the industry and says, hey, can you walk that back a little bit? I consider what they said, and generally, I've already done all my research. I've already watched everything. I am very comfortable with my opinion. 
when I come on with it. I never walk it back. Well, Michael Bennett uh, is, I think, getting a pass from the NFL and from the media that covers the NFL, and that combination is scary to me because it suggests that people are in cahoots to allow things that aren't true to be accepted as truth. Last year, Michael Bennett talking about dirty plays, diving at the knees. Honestly, I think this is Michael Bennett last year. Honestly, I think if you dive at someone else's legs, you're a little bitch. Uh, If you are big in the NFL, you just line up and play. He also said, I don't know. I don't come off the ball jumping at an offensive lineman's legs. I think it's just a bitch-ass move personally. So Michael Bennett did exactly what he described as a little bitch move and a bitch-ass move personally. Well, immediately thereafter, the debate turned to should he get suspended? And I think reasonable people said yes. With the precedent that has been set with Rob Gronkowski, with the precedent that has been set with Juju Smith-Schuster, with the way that the NFL is policing uh, dangerous plays, there is no doubt that what Michael Bennett did, which basically ignited a brawl, in the kneel-down situation at the end of the Jags game against the Seahawks is certainly worthy of suspension. Well, again, I don't listen to all these shows. I barely watch television, frankly. I'm trying to catch up on Curb Your Enthusiasm right now, now that football season has ended. I literally have in my DVR every show that I want to watch lined up, other than Speak for Yourself, which I think is a really good show, uh, with Whitlock and, uh, and, and Cowherd. And I'll a lot of times put on Cowherd's radio show that streams on FS1 if I'm eating my lunch and stuff like that. I don't watch that much sports media on television. So most of what I see, frankly, is you guys grabbing stuff and being like, oh my God, can you see that? Can you believe this? Which is how we came to have this clip from ESPN's first take yesterday. This is a scripted show. I think it's important for you guys to realize as somebody who has done a ton of these studio shows, everything that you see on that show is scripted. That's what they have to do because of the way they play the highlight clips in the background. On this show, uh, radio, not very scripted. I come in and I say, hey, do you have that audio clip? I'm going to talk about it. Hey, what do you think we should do an hour two? I just called Jason Martin before this show starts as I do lots of mornings, and I said, hey, what do you think our lead should be? Yesterday when I saw this clip that one of you sent to me, I texted it to Jason Martin. I said, hey, make sure we have this audio ready to go. Um, And so I'm going to play this audio for you one more time and then I'm going to allow uh, everybody to talk about it a bit more. We're going to take a few more calls. And then I'm going to put this story to bed. And we're going to go have some fun with this Warren Sapp sex toy story in the middle of this ugly NFL Network lawsuit. So that is what's coming. By the way, in hour three, if you're road mapping the day out there, if you're in your car driving around, uh, Todd Furman from Las Vegas will be joining us live in the, from the desert out there, waking up early to get ready and break down the 14th games of the NFL season for every team, as well as some of the early college football bowl action. So we'll be talking about that. But again, Michael Bennett last year, honestly, I think if you dive at someone else's legs, you're a little bitch. If you are big in the NFL, you just line up and play. Uh uh, I don't know. I don't come off the ball jumping at off, at offensive lineman's legs. I think it's just a bitch-ass move, personally. The NFL said, totally fake news, totally fake. They said that he was trying to recover a fumble, and evidently the ball must have been hidden in the back of the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive lineman's knees because that's the only way to explain diving at those knees. All right, here is the discussion 
which I think ESPN intentionally framed in a way to protect Michael Bennett. I want you to be smart about this. Be aggressive in the way that you cover how perception is set in modern media. This is a scripted exchange. The host here has been typed in. She's reading off a teleprompter. She knows exactly what she's saying. Look at how this situation is being set up. It is fake news designed to protect Michael Bennett. Listen. Did Bennett deserve a suspension? The answer is no. And let me say, Quentin Jefferson should not have been suspended. There's a big difference, and that was, they got that right. There's a big difference between assault and your friends hold you back, right? So he didn't. Oh, so, well, he was just held back. But he didn't go up into the stands. That's what happened. That was the result. He should not have been suspended. That was correct. And neither should Bennett. And yesterday on the show, I said, Bennett deserves a suspension for the cheap shot during victory formation, going at a guy's legs. I said it was unbecoming. It was beneath him. It looked bad for the league, for him. It was Bush League, and he deserves a suspension for it. And I now have to take that back and apologize to Michael Bennett because so often in the media we come to a snap judgment. We're asked to opine about something right away. It seems on the surface to line up, you know, in a certain way where we have an opinion about it. I thought it was a cheap shot, so I said what I said, and I'm not Sorry for that, because I was giving you a genuine reaction. But more information has come to light, and you have to adapt to the facts, not just, you know, what you originally said. And the NFL said that he was going for the ball, and if you look closely, you can see what they mean. And then diving at the back of Linder's knees afterwards is because Linder, you know, gave him a little shot when he went for the ball, and then but, and Bennett went for the back of his knees, but not in a way to injure him, like high-impact collision. He was just trying to take him to the ground and get on top because they were having a little skirmish. So I take back what I said yesterday, given the new information. Bennett does not deserve a suspension. I don't care if you're in victory formation. The other team's players have a right to try to make a play on the ball, play through the whistle, and that's what happened. All right. This is important to unpack. If this had been his argument from the get-go... I would think it was a bad argument, but I would say whatever. Bad arguments are made all the time. He changed his opinion. And to me, when you change your opinion, and notice what he tried to say there, you have to look at all the facts. What facts is he referencing that have changed? When you watch a clip, you can clearly see Michael Bennett diving at the back of Ryan Linder's knees, the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive lineman. If that is not a dirty play, I don't know what a dirty play is. We had Jeff Schwartz on this show. I've talked to multiple NFL offensive linemen since then. You to a, to a man, they have all said that's an incredibly dirty play. If you listen to Jeff Schwartz on this show earlier this week, he said it's going to lead to more dirty plays in the kneel-down situation because guys now believe that they can do just what Michael Bennett did and cite the precedent of the fact that he was not suspended for his actions. And my question for you, this all ties into me, my question for you has been, why is Michael Bennett being protected by the media? Why would a guy like Max Kellerman criticize Michael Bennett when he actually watches the video himself, but then a day later come back in a scripted show and directly apologize to Michael Bennett for his correct opinion the day before? I think because... The fix is in here. And I don't understand why it is. I don't know if it's because Michael Bennett is a prominent social justice warrior who refuses to stand for the national anthem. I don't know if he's got the best agent in America. I don't know if Michael Bennett has got these guys' phone numbers and he's calling them up and telling them that their opinions are wrong. I don't know if they're defending him because his worldview comports with their own. 
But I, in conjunction with the lying about being racially profiled, which was the number one story in America, and then when it's proven that he wasn't racially profiled, the videos come out and the minority police officers who were unfairly criticized all come out and give their side of the story, and it's 100% true, and nobody talks about Michael Bennett. In conjunction with the fact that somehow he's the NFL Man of the Year nominee for the Seattle Seahawks, I don't understand how the fix is in for Michael Bennett. And this clip is completely evidence of the fix being in in the media for Michael Bennett. Do you guys agree with me? Jason Martin, you'd say you don't agree with me. I don't agree that the fix is completely in because I watched a lot of those opinion shows over the last few days, and I would say 95% of the people I saw on ESPN buried Michael Bennett. I mean, buried. So how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you explain this? He has an opinion can, that's correct, and then he comes on and he apologizes and completely changes his opinion other than bl- somebody talked to him and he decided that the fix was in. I believe Max Kellerman suffers from a major case of white guilt. And that's something that I've seen from him since okay, the this day is he started back on first. So you take. think you think he's not willing to criticize? You think because Michael Bennett is black? If this were a white guy, it's an interesting question, right? Let's play the stupid game that ESPN loves to play. If Michael Bennett were a white guy, and if Michael Bennett had been, which Gronk was, right? Like everybody piled on Gronk, the likes of which I haven't seen. You would have thought Gronk pulled out a knife and stabbed somebody to death on the football field the way everybody reacted to Rob Gronkowski diving on that guy. Um, It was unlike anything else. And so you think if Michael Bennett had been a white guy that Max Kellerman's opinion would be different? I think it's very possible. I think that that encouraged him to go back, watch the footage, and see what he could find. Like I said, what we played of it was about 90 seconds of a four-minute segment. And the reason why I say ESPN should not be looped in as if this is their opinion is because the name of the very video that you sent and that we actually played is Will Kane cannot believe Max is giving Michael Bennett a pass. First take ESPN. Uploaded by ESPN. Will Kane goes off on Max Kellerman as soon as we cut that audio, and then he and Max go back and forth. So whether or not what Max said was scripted or not, I think is irrelevant it's totally because they scripted. engaged I, I in an argument. I disagree. That's a fake argument. It's a fake argument to make it seem as if... Then why did he change his mind? I think he changed his mind because he went back and looked at it because he wanted to find a way to get off of Michael Bennett. And apologize. How many times have have I apologized to an athlete on this show? I don't know, but how many times have you claimed that you've been wrong? How many times have you actually felt like an opinion that you've stated that where you went after somebody? I think he felt like he, he wronged Michael Bennett personally, went back said that's you know what point, i think i though. got this wrong and then went yeah, on that's TV my point. and apologized he's, pro- he's protecting michael bennett that's that's my entire point this is a scripted interchange my uh, where he came in and he told the producers i know how these shows are set up i've been on a ton of them he came in and he said i need to apologize to michael bennett because otherwise i don't think they would have right, even but that's talked still about his this. opinion i'm but I'm, what i'm saying is i'm not saying he's but carrying water for michael bennett i'm saying i think he believes I think he saw enough to where he thinks he believes what he what he actually watched when he went and watched that tape. I think there because is later, a there is a he connection. talks about how he protected Linder and and explains all this stuff about going for the football and all of those things. And Kane says, "Look, you never played football. You're completely out of your mind right here." And Stephen A. doesn't say a word during this entire thing. This is just one on one them going back and forth. And honestly, Kane gets the better of Kellerman. And again, I think that if this was anything about the network backing up what one man said who makes millions of dollars on an opinion show in the morning, you talked about how you watch Speak for Yourself. Speak for Yourself is another, it's exactly the same show 
as first take is. So you're telling me those guys are able to say what they want, but the ones on first take aren't? I don't buy that. If they're all scripted, no, they're all I, scripted. But it wasn't one argument where it was like, there this is, is it's, it's ridiculous what you're saying. The, Max no. Kellerman's not speaking for a network because he apologizes for something. The, I think he the thinks network, that he got it right the second time. When the, the network sets up an artificial debate, and it is a scripted show, and somebody is coming on, and they are completely changing what they said to try and protect an athlete, I do think the network is responsible for what they say. I do. Because that's set up. It's different. Like, I'm on Fox Sports Radio. Literally no one who listens to this show has any idea what I'm going to say from one sentence to the next. This is the reason why my wife refuses to listen to the show. She says all the time, I have no idea what you're going to say from one moment to the next. And as a result, I'm terrified because you tap dance on razors all day long. Other people won't talk about controversial subjects. You tackle them all the time. And she's like, I internally cringe because your show is so aggressive and because you're so fearless in what you say. My wife frequently doesn't agree with my opinions too. But nobody at Fox Sports Radio has any clue what I am going to say from one moment to the next, okay? The moment that you are scripting a show, television by its nature is fake. It's a play. I know what somebody else is going to argue before I've even said it. They already scripted the entirety of what Max Kellerman was going to say. The reason why that was even on the show was because Max Kellerman wanted to say it. And Which is so, his opinion then, right? That's not the network telling him what to say. That's Max no, Kellerman I think, saying, I, I want to say this. Coming. That's what I'm saying. Where is this coming from? It's what, coming the, from Max if, Kellerman if he, no, being a big-time liberal. Had, if he had just had an opinion that Michael Bennett shouldn't be suspended and he had been arguing that all week, I would be like, whatever, I think it's a bad argument, but that's his opinion, right? To initially have the right opinion that's supported by all the evidence – and then the next day, or two days later, or whenever it was, again, I don't watch this show, to come back in and change your opinion is evidence of a clear agenda at play. Unbelievably. I don't know where that agenda is coming from. That's what I'm, the question I've been asking. Why is the sports media protecting Michael Bennett? Why is the NFL protecting Michael Bennett? That's the big question I'm asking. If Rob Gronkowski had done what Michael Bennett did, he would be suspended and there wouldn't even be an ounce of defense of him anywhere. I have seen lots of people, the majority, defending Michael Bennett here and saying that he should not be suspended. You have? I've seen very few people who have come out and said, this guy 100% needs to be suspended. We'll take a couple of your calls. We're going to play, I promise you, this uh, Warren Sapp clip, which you will absolutely love, of him trying to explain why he was giving sex toys to coworkers. I'm also going to open up the phone lines. Even though you haven't heard this clip yet, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Spin zone. How do you think Warren Sapp should be defended for giving sex toys to a female employee for three straight years? What's the best defense Warren Sapp could have? 877-996-6369. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage. Remember, remember, when Michael Bennett said last year, honestly, I think if you dive at someone else's legs, you're a little bitch. I don't come off the ball jumping at offensive linemen's legs. I think it's just a bitch-ass move personally. He didn't actually mean that unless he's legitimately calling himself a bitch-ass player and a little bitch. Maybe the real little bitch here, Max Kellerman and 
Roger Goodell because they're carrying water for a lying, fraudulent, race-baiting liar in Michael Bennett. Next segment you're going to love. It's my guy, Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp actually wanted to fight me once. We need to find that clip. That would be outstanding. I had him on the radio. But he's buying sex toys for women for Christmas, and he explained himself. You're going to love the explanation next on OutKick, the coverage. By the way, I love all this Christmas music coming back in like the midst of high-end arguing debates and everything else. We just got like the most happy uh, Christmas music ever. Okay, so big news breaking during uh, during that commercial break, which is going to lead to a little bit of an adjustment in uh, this show. We try to adjust to live breaking news. Uh, officially announced, Disney is going to buy key 21st century uh, Fox assets. This is a really big deal in the world of media and certainly sports media. Disney uh, said Thursday morning, this just happened, this news just breaking during the last commercial break, that it had reached a $52.4 billion deal to acquire a huge amount of assets from 21st Century Fox, including the 20th Century Fox movie studio, which has produced Avatar, Titanic, Alien, Patton, Grapes of Wrath, Miracle on 34th Street. If you live in L.A., the huge Fox lot there is well, that's where that's located, although Fox will retain the real estate. Also, as part of the deal, Disney is going to buy Fox's television, uh, television classic like lineup of shows, not the television network itself, but The Simpsons, Empire, every show that Fox has created, as well as FX and the National Geographic channels on cable. They also get uh, all of the movie-related uh, details. They, um, this is a massive deal. They also are buying 22 Fox Sports regional networks. Now, that's like the Yes Network if you're in New York. That is uh, very many of those deals like Fox Sports South, Fox, like anything that has Fox in it that shows your local teams, Disney slash ESPN is now buying these. This is a major, major news story. And again, it's just breaking this morning. And so I'm going to pivot for a minute here, if we can, because I reached out to Rich Greenfield, who's at BTIG Research. He's a really smart guy who covers these companies for a living. And he is going to come on and help break down the significance of this story with us, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy that and also get smarter. So he is scheduled to join us in about 10 minutes at uh, at 7.40 Eastern. He'll be talking and be on television shows like CNBC all day long discussing this show. We've had him on once before, and a lot of you guys loved him, and so he is going to join us at 7.40 Eastern. So in about 10 minutes, we will go and meet with him. That means I'm going to take a break a little bit earlier than I usually do so that I can come back right at the start of uh, 7.40 to make sure that I am there. But I also want to pay off on my uh, promise there and play you the Warren Sapp audio, and we're still going to have some fun with that in the top of the third hour, and I'll play it again for you there. One more little detail I would like to add here. Another guy who's involved in the industry Uh, has been listening to our show this morning, and he just called me during the break. And he said, the other thing you should be talking about, and this is a good point that he made, is he said, a lot of times the producers and the network itself will assign people to take topics. And so it's basically a debate show, 
and you may get assigned a topic that you don't even agree with. That ties in even more with my idea of the fix being in. If everybody agrees that Michael Bennett did something wrong, that's not an entertaining debate because everybody comes on and they're like, I agree, I agree, I agree. So if you assign somebody to say, hey, Michael Bennett didn't do anything wrong, that's an agenda-driven show aspect here, which I think is inauthentic and artificial and reflects that segment that we have been playing of Max Kellerman carrying water for Michael Bennett, even though Michael Bennett doesn't deserve that at all. But I'm going to put a pin in this story because the other story is much bigger, the acquisition of Fox assets by Disney. Again, just breaking essentially during that last commercial break. Going to be a major story across the country, and we're going to address it live, pivoting as we do. That's why I love this show. At any moment, news breaks will adjust on the fly what we were scheduled to talk about. Let me bring in my guy, Eddie Garcia, who probably hasn't even had time to update his news story yet with this major news about Disney buying substantial assets from 21st Century Fox. You're probably right. That's why we're starting with news from the NFL. We're at the league's winter meeting. Spokesperson Joe Lockhart announced that the new contract extension for Commissioner Roger Goodell will be his last with the league. It runs through the 2023 season. The details on the extension reveal the deal, which could pay Goodell up to $200 million, is not guaranteed money. Almost 90% is incentive-based, which means his performance has to be evaluated and approved by owners for Goodell to receive the full payout. NBA action. The Rockets won their 11th in a row, beating the Hornets 108-96. Houston's now 22 four on the year. Celtics beat the Nuggets 124-118. Kyrie Irving 33 points for Boston. Thunder over the Pacers 100-95. Paul George back in Indiana to face his old team for the first time at 12 points for Oklahoma City. And Clay, this report is brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. A couple of notes from college basketball. Louisville has filed a lawsuit against former head coach Rick Pitino seeking monetary damages from the Cardinals vacating wins, final four appearances, and an NCAA title. And Leangelo Ball said in a radio interview that he only thanked President Trump for helping him in his shoplifting incident because UCLA made him do it. If it were up to him, he would not have done it. Uh, of course. Uh, car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience as well. As always, we're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Again, big news, just breaking early this morning. Uh, Disney has agreed to spend over $50 billion, that's billion with a B, to buy many of the assets of 21st Century Fox, including the movie studio, the television library of classics such as The Simpsons. They also are buying Avatar, uh, all of these different aspects of the 21st Century Fox, including FX and the National Geographic Channel. And they will be uh, rolling in, again, the assets that they have uh, purchased there. What it does not include, they're also buying 22 regional sports networks, which is a major deal if you are in uh, the business that we are in. One of the biggest media and sports media stories in a generation effectively being announced this morning. And we are going to bring on Rich Greenfield from BTIG. I think you guys are going to love that. 
in about eight minutes. But first, I finally want to play you this Warren Sapp audio. If you haven't been familiar with it, the NFL Network in the midst of an ugly sexual harassment lawsuit, one of the allegations in the lawsuit that Warren Sapp gave sex toys as Christmas gifts. Warren Sapp addressed that and had this to say. Did you ever give her sex toys as she claims? No. Now, the sex toys are little vibrators that, you know, and I have a picture of one that my man makes at ScreamingO.com. My man had made a little little novelty thing that kind of looked like mascara things that are like a lipstick and an eyeliner and different things that are little toys for ladies that, that, that move around a little bit. So I showed him the picture and said, look what my man made. Oh, bring us some. So I brought some. And I brought some for the makeup ladies. What Warren is uh, is just showing me a picture here of what to me looks like uh, Lip, lipstick. lipstick. Yeah, yeah, because it's for the makeup ladies. Did you bring? I love that. Did you bring them? Did you give them sex toys? No, no, no. What I did was I I, I gave them vibrators that looked like lipstick. That's a sex toy, Warren. In that right. same interview, Warren Sapp also said amazingly that. He wasn't sure about the sexual harassment because it might have been his CTE acting up. That's the damn good spin zone. You get accused of sexual harassment and you just go straight to CTE. I don't know whether I might have done some of this stuff. My CTE acts up some of the time. I got to give Warren some props there. That's a hell of an excuse. All right, we're scheduled to be joined by Rick Greenfield. We'll also have some more fun with Warren Sapp explaining that, no, 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 you guys got it all wrong. I didn't give anybody sex toys. I gave them sex toys that looked like lipstick. That's not a sex toy. That's Warren, that's Warren Sapp's argument. Can we play that one more time, by the way? Just one more time. Warren Sapp asked if he gave sex toys to the woman here. He says, no, 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 no. What I did was I gave him a sex toy that looked like lipstick. I mean, he immediately refutes himself. Maybe it does his CTE acting up. Listen to this again. Did you ever give her sex toys as she claims? No. No. The sex toys are little vibrators that, you know, and I have a picture of one that my man makes at ScreamingO.com. My man had made a little little novelty thing that kind of looked like mascara things that are like a lipstick and an eyeliner and different things that are little toys for ladies that, that, that move around a little bit. So I showed him the picture and said, look what my man made. Oh, bring us some. So I brought some. And I brought and some for the makeup ladies. What Warren is, uh, is just showing me a picture here of what, to me, looks like uh, Lip, lipstick. Lipstick, yeah, yeah, because it's for the makeup ladies. Amazing clip. Just an absolutely amazing clip there from Warren CTE Sap. All right, up next, Rich Greenfield. You're going to love this. 21st Century Fox selling an amazing amount of assets to Disney. What does it all mean? We'll discuss next on Outkick, the coverage. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Sent some messages to this guy last night. I think he does incredible work. He's uh, Rich Greenfield at BTIG Research. Major news breaking if you're getting into your car and you're interested in the world of media and certainly if you're interested in the world of sports media as well. 21st Century Fox agreeing to sell $52.4 billion of its assets to Disney uh, and again, this news just breaking this morning, and we've got Rich Greenfield on with us now to break down why it matters. Uh, Rich, your first thoughts when you heard that this was going potentially to happen, and your thoughts now that it has happened. Well, look, it's shocking that your parent company, um, Fox, is willing to sell. They've been building this company literally you know, since Rupert Murdoch's earliest days, and his sons have had senior roles at the company um, including co-running it now. And so I think it, it's sort of a watershed event that 
you know, Rupert has, and the Murdoch family has finally determined that what, ha- what's ne- what Netflix, what Facebook, what Amazon, Google, how all of these tech platforms are upending the legacy media world, that now is the time to sell. And I think, it, you know, this is a brilliant time for Rupert to turn into a seller. I think it's less clear why Disney wants to double down on assets. You know, I think you and I have talked about the ESPN struggles before. Now you're adding to the sports exposure of the Walt Disney Company, not just domestically, but you're doing it all around the world. You're adding Sky Sports and Star Sports. And so Disney's making a massive, I want to underscore, massive bet on sports rights around the world. And this is fascinating because it's not just that Disney is making a massive bet on sports rights. It's that in many senses of the word, Fox is taking its money and cashing out. And that's particularly with the regional sports networks. Fox is saying, we think we can't get any more value out of these brands uh, and these assets. And Disney is going to say, we're going to bet a lot more on sports. Who's right here? Which side of the equation would you like to be on? I always like when things are changing so rapidly and when none of the legacy media companies you know, that own cable networks, when none of them have answers, you're seeing senior executives like Jeff Bukas at Time Warner selling the company. You're seeing Ken Lowe over at Scripps selling the company. I think history is going to look far, you know, more fondly on those that realize this was the time to exit than this was the time to start buying, because I think linear TV viewership is under a lot of pressure. And I think, look, my guess is over the next four or five years, you're going to see the tech platforms start buying those sports rights. For them, it's a pittance for Apple to enter the sports rights world. It's a pittance for Amazon or Facebook. And so, uh, you know, I think the ecosystem is being held together now by sports. It's the last kind of thing holding people that are listening right now to this, you know, discussion. It's the last thing holding them into the cable bundle and making them pay those exorbitant fees per month. You lose sports and all bets are off. And it's a fascinating time. We're talking to Rich Greenfield. Go follow him on Twitter uh, at Rich, I believe, underscore BTIG. You can correct me on Twitter there. I just tweeted out your link. You can also just go check my Twitter account at Clay Travis. All right, so what does Fox do with all this money? Well, remember, this is going to this is going to be stock, first of all, not money. Uh, you're, they're going to get stock. They're going to be a, the largest shareholder, one of the largest shareholders in the Walt Disney Company. It's almost a merger in that respect, right? They're going to own like 25%, I think, of Walt Disney, if I'm not mistaken. All Fox shareholders will. But, but yes. the Murdochs, specifically to your question, will own 5% of the Walt Disney Company in terms of the Murdoch family's ownership. And uh, look, we'll see. I don't think we know yet um, how that's going to manifest itself. It's certainly odd for one large media company um, – you know, their shareholders and the family specifically to own a meaningful stake in another one. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. I mean, look, one of the big challenges is this is not going to be an easy regulatory approval process. And, and I don't think anyone should assume that this is definitely a done deal yet. And what do you and when you say it's not necessarily assumed, I, that's a, a smart uh, statement. But I think a lot of people out there, you know, they're thinking about if they are paying attention, Time Warner and AT and T. Do you think this is likely to be approved? Is it similar to Time Warner and AT and T? Different? How would you dissect these two deals? Because Time Warner AT and T was not allowed. Why would this one be allowed? Well, that deal that deal's being you know, there's a lawsuit on that deal, so we'll see whether it ultimately is allowed or not. But this is combining, you know, this is giving Disney unprecedented strength in the cable network sports world. So I don't think that's an easy thing to get past regulators. And certainly on the film side, you're giving Disney um, 
even greater control of the movie um, of the movie business. You know, 40% of box office last year would have been Disney and Fox, and so uh, I think this is going to be a tough. This is a tough uphill battle. It, it's certainly not impossible, but this is certainly not going to be an easy approval process. Is this about fighting Netflix for Disney? Oh, I think this is about fighting Netflix, fighting Facebook. This is about fighting the future and not having a great answer to, you know, the cable network model is breaking down and how do you fight the how do you fight going forward? Bob Iger is staying on. He's the CEO. There had been talk that he was going to run for president. We had talked about it some on this show. What's the significance of him agreeing to extend his tenure as CEO at Disney? You can't take the mogul out of the mogul. <laughs> Do you think there's any back channels aspect to this where Rupert Murdoch, because of his friendship with Donald Trump, in any way could that play into the decision to want Bob Iger to stay on as the CEO? I don't know. I mean, the reality is Iger has been pretty critical of the president, um, uh, you know, and pretty critical of the president's stances, so I just don't think we know for sure. We're talking to Rich Greenfield at Rich BTIG. Sports fans are listening to us right now. What does this mean for sports fans, this merger, assuming it goes through, this purchase of assets? How would things change for sports fans? How would they not change? Um, I don't think there'll be much change from a sports fan. I mean, remember, Fox is keeping all of their national sports assets, so there'll be absolutely no change whatsoever. In terms of their local sports assets, the RSNs have always operated pretty independently. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think, from a sports fan viewership standpoint, uh, I don't think anyone should expect any meaningful differences. I think. Look, the only reality is, Disney, with increased power in sports, is going to drive your cable bill higher. You're going to have to take more channels, so fatter bundles of channels at higher pricing. So, you know, the consumer is probably the big loser in all of this. We're talking to Rich Greenfield at Rich BTIG. Okay. Fox now is going to have the Fox Broadcast Network. They're going to have Fox News. They're going to have FS1. It's a much smaller company that will be left behind in sort of the 21st century Fox shell. Let's say Time Warner eventually doesn't necessarily go through. Basically, is there another partner that would make sense for the remaining assets of Fox to also end up with? Is it Time Warner? Do you see them staying alone as a company? Well, you're saying if the asset's being sold... Don't, if the deal doesn't go through? No, if those assets go through, there's also still left in the shell of whatever remains that, that Rupert Murdoch is in. probably ends up with News Corp. So the, the old News Corp uh, that has newspaper businesses and actually sports, Fox Sports assets actually in Australia are still within News Corp. My guess is you merge those two companies back together in 2019 or 2020. Is that a big enough company to make, maintain relevance? Yes, absolutely. Certainly in the news and sports world. No, it's fascinating. Uh, anything else? What am I not smart enough to have asked you about this deal that you want? You think I should have asked you, or that you think is important? Yeah, look, I think it'll be interesting to see what the management structure of the new company looks like as it closes. Uh, you know, obviously, there's been lots of speculation about James Murdoch, lots of speculation about what ends up happening with Hulu. Um, so there's still some, you know a bunch of loose ends that we hope to learn more about. The companies are about to host a conference call, which I'm going to hop on. Uh, but you know, we still have a lot more details to learn. Rich, I appreciate it. I know this is a crazy morning for you. I appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, bye. That's Rich Greenfield at Rich BTIG. Again, the companies are about to host a conference call on the fly. We're adjusting here uh, to the show. And, man, this is, a, this is legitimately a blockbuster news story. I mean, as big of a story as there has been in the world of sports and media in maybe the last 20 years, and again, to kind of reinforce, Jason Martin, you've been reading the uh, the news stories that are coming out 
as I was interviewing uh, Rich Greenfield there, what should we know, kind of contextualize the information as you have it about this deal between Fox and Disney, Disney purchasing many of the assets of Fox? Well, I mean, there's not too much that he didn't say, at least at the time. We're going to have to wait and see how it all kind of shakes out over the next few days and listen to some of the analysts that will talk about it. But they $52.4 billion in stock assets, and then they assume $13.7 billion in debt. So the total deal is $66 billion in terms of what Disney was able to acquire from Fox. As you mentioned, we've talked about it, and you actually, I think, predicted that Iger was going to run for president. And it looks like that may not happen now, although you know it still could. But he says he's going to stay with Disney until 2021, just after announcing this deal. Quote, I've got one of the greatest jobs in the world. This combination makes it even more exciting. I think there's no question, and I was at the television festival down in austin texas back this summer and some of the heads of programming and some of the heads of business for these networks were there speaking about how business has changed and all of them there was one where all of the television presidents were on stage together and i was actually attending and and reporting on that panel and they all discussed derisively netflix and about how much money they have to throw around and they all just you could just see the envy in their eyes because there's no answer to what netflix is doing right now they're printing money. I mean, they just went up in price. I just got an email from Netflix last week that said my my deal's going to thirteen ninety nine a month. But what can I do? I can't do anything if I want to watch all the things that Netflix offers in the way that they. And offer also, it. by the way, thirteen ninety nine a month seems really cheap in relation to what yes. people have to pay for cable. That's very true. I mean, because of what we do, Clay, and what the guys out in LA do, and what everybody here at Fox has to do. We have to have some kind of cable, at least for now. But how long will that be the case? We have to be able to watch all these sporting events so that we can talk about them on the air and speak in some kind of you know context about all this stuff. But how long until that shifts? We've got Amazon now in the movie business. Uh, we've got Hulu all over the place. Of course, Hulu is part of this deal to some extent, although they still have some kind of control, it looks like, over what they're doing. But Hulu had already gotten into bed with ABC a little bit earlier this year and picked up a lot of their shows from the 80s and added a lot of content there. So that's what we're seeing right now is a lot of homogenizing across media, it appears, but it's all going in the direction of technology and advance. And cable is very, very antiquated at this point. So this really, as big a blockbuster as it is, I don't know that it should come as such a surprise if you really stop and think about the landscape that led to this moment. All right, so a couple of things that I want to hit here before we go to break, and then we'll talk about this more at the start of Hour 3, 877-996-6369, if you have questions for us about this major deal. Again, Walt Disney Company acquiring 21st Century Fox, but this is important. It doesn't impact us, first of all, on this radio show. It doesn't impact me at all, and it doesn't impact substantial assets of Fox in the sports business. 21st Century Fox is still going to own the Fox Broadcast Network, Fox News, Fox Business, FS1, FS2, and the Big Ten Network. So it's not selling any of its assets at all really in the larger national sports arena here. 21st Century Fox will still own the Fox Broadcast Network, Fox News, Fox Business, FS1, FS2, and Big Ten Network. People are going to miss that detail. Just go look at my mentions if you want to be entertained. We'll talk about this more. Major breaking news. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. 
As well, if your check engine light comes on, don't let your car suffer. Head to AutoZone today. The AutoZone Fix Finder tool can check it on the spot for free. It could be something serious or something simple like a loose gas cap. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Okay, a couple of uh, major stories that are breaking here. In fact, just a major story. Um, Disney is buying many of the assets of 21st Century Fox, uh, Fox Company. Among those assets... Um, do not include the vast majority of their national sports content. So, inevitably, people are not going to be able to follow this deal. But, specifically, the Fox Broadcast Network, that's like Big Fox that carries the NFC games, that carries the World Series, that every third year has the Super Bowl, is not being sold. Fox News, not being sold. Fox Business, not being sold. FS1 and FS2 not being sold. Big Ten Network not being sold. All of those things will be retained by Fox. What Disney is buying, they are buying the movie studio. They are buying the rights to characters that have appeared in TV and movies owned by Fox. Among those characters, uh, the X-Men, which are owned by a licensing deal. The Simpsons, Deadpool. A lot of different brands are rolled into this. Also, another major issue associated with this, FX and the Nat Geographic Channel, National Geographic Channel, are also being sold. And uh, they are buying, Disney is, 20-some-odd regional sports networks that were owned in all majority or large substance by 21st Century Fox. That includes, for instance, the Yes Network, which carries Yankee games. I don't have a list of all of those different channels, but if you watch a local team in your area, and we're on in all 50 states, there's something like 20 of these stations, but if you watch a local team play in your area and the Fox logo is included in that local team broadcast at all or in that local team channel, then you will now not be seeing the Fox logo associated with it. My guess is it will become the ESPN logo. So the biggest part of this story from a sports perspective is the acquisition of many of these regional sports networks. This is a deal valued at nearly $67 billion. And uh, it is going to be a major, major story. Uh, It also includes the Fox TV network. Now, you've heard me talk about this before. For years, I went out to the Fox studio, the Fox lot, to do television with FS1 and Big Fox. The lot, if you live in Los Angeles, at the intersection of Pico and Motor, is a massive construct there. It will not include the physical cell of uh, of the assets, the land. Fox is going to lease that back to Disney, So nothing will change about that being the Fox lot, but the underlying studio upon which the Fox lot is built will now be owned by Disney. Now, this is a little bit complicated, and it was always complicated to me. Many of the popular shows that air on a variety of television networks are actually produced by 21st Century Fox. For instance... Modern Family is insanely popular, right? Very popular show for a long time. I believe it airs on ABC. It is owned by 21st Century Fox, even though it doesn't air on that network. 
Homeland, uh, This Is Us, uh, many different aspects of the Fox kind of family of networks will all be rolled in here. But what will not be included, people love to say this, this would, and first of all, this impacts me not at all. This impacts Fox Sports Radio not at all. So anybody out there who's like, oh, Clay Travis is going to be owned by ESPN. No, it doesn't have any impact on me at all. It doesn't have any impact on the Fox Sports Radio shows that you listen to. It also has no impact on Big Fox, the network itself, still owned by Fox. It also has no impact on anything associated with FS1 or FS2 or the Big Ten network. So all of the sports rights that you watch on Fox on a national perspective, this doesn't impact at all. To me, what I will probably write about this, and and I'll sit down at my desk and write an article about this if you want to go read it at outkick.com when the show is over. To me, what this represents is Disney betting really big on sports and also betting in a really big way that they can fight Netflix because everything is moving towards streaming. That's what you need to take away on a large-scale story here. Everything is moving towards streaming. And in streaming, all that matters is the quality of the content that you have to offer. Okay, think about that. It's kind of an easy, easy way to digest this. Why do you subscribe to Netflix if you subscribe to Netflix? Because of the quality of the offerings from Netflix, right? Because you want to watch Stranger Things 2, because you want to watch House of Cards, because you want to watch Orange is the New Black, uh, whatever the show is that is on Netflix that is exclusive, that's the reason you subscribe. Same reason that you subscribe, by the way, to HBO. All that matters is the quality of your content. Disney has decided to move aggressively into the streaming space. They are afraid of the power that Netflix is starting to to create, of the billions of dollars that Netflix and Amazon, for that matter, are starting to spend. And to kind of put it into perspective for you, I follow a bunch of different stocks on my iPhone. I'm pulling out my iPhone right now, and I always like to look at what the market cap of companies are. If you're not familiar with market cap, it's just a simple construct. It's a number of shares outstanding times the value of those shares from a stock price perspective. Okay, How big are these companies? Right now, Disney, prior to this deal being announced, is a $160 billion company. Okay, that sounds big. It sounds like a lot of money is at stake here. Kind of put that into perspective. Disney's a $160 billion company. Netflix is now an $80 billion company. Netflix has grown so rapidly that it is now half the size of uh, Disney. That's a little bit scary to Disney is the power that Netflix is starting to amass. But look at the value of some of these larger tech companies. Apple is almost worth a trillion dollars. Apple is approaching $900 billion in valuation. No company has ever been a trillion-dollar company in the history of the world. Apple probably, in the next year and a half, will become a trillion-dollar company, and it could happen sooner than that. Okay, That's a big company. How about some of these other big tech companies? How about Facebook? Facebook is now worth... $520 billion. It is three times the size of Disney. Google is worth 
$725 billion. These are big numbers, but I think what you're seeing here is Disney is worried about being left behind. Amazon is a $560 billion company. Amazon, Google, Apple, Netflix, Disney is worried about being left behind in a streaming era, right? Think about where Disney, most of its money came from in terms of television rights. It came from cable and satellite money. That's where all of ESPN's money came from. What Disney is doing here is they are placing a huge bet on content and saying we believe that we need to spend as much money as we possibly can on available content in order to compete with the Apples, the Amazons, the Netflix, and the Googles, and the Facebooks of the world. This is Disney suddenly realizing, wait a minute, and we're for in a streaming world, why should I not be concerned about Facebook being able to distribute and beat us in this business? Why should I not be concerned about Amazon Prime and Netflix, which are basically better inventions of the business that we are in? And that's why Disney is pulling all of its rights off of Netflix shows. And Disney is going to be creating its own streaming services for TV shows, for kids, and also for adults in the world of sports. So this is not about competing in a traditional space. This is about competing in the new streaming space. I've been arguing this for a while. I think that ultimately what we are moving towards is an era where cable will die and you will sit down in front of your television and you will click on an app. And that app will contain as many different content offerings as are possible within the construct of that app, right? And I want you to think about this and follow me along on this theory. What will make you decide to pay for an app in the future if cable comes to die? You will decide, in theory, to buy that app or not buy that app based on the offerings available behind the app. Effectively, Netflix is just an app effectively Amazon Prime is just an app. They come into your home through the internet. They don't come in through a cable wire. And so Disney is fighting this cable wire business, which has been the foundation of its value, and now saying we have to build up the assets behind our Disney app or our ESPN app. So if you click on that ESPN app and you're like, well, what am I going to get if I subscribe to this ESPN app? Oh, Behind this ESPN app, I'm going to get the NBA. Maybe I'm going to get my local team broadcast, which is what Disney is doing. Think about it in the context. If you want to think about it kind of an easy way to understand it, everything is an app. Right now, a lot of you are driving along. You're on your way to work. You've got your phones. Look at your phone right now. If you're stopped at a red light, if you got the ability. Everything on your phone is an app, right? I've got three pages of apps everybody's going to want you to be paying for those apps and you'll be able to access them anywhere. Anywhere that you want to go, the goal is going to be to get that app onto your phone, which then syncs with your television, which then syncs with your computer. Think of the world as one big screen. That's kind of the easy metaphor to follow here. In the past, you've had a bunch of different screens, right? You've had your laptop. You've had your computer. You've had your television screen. Now you've got your phone screen. The future is going to sync everything into one screen. And what you will have is whatever you pay for available anywhere, anytime, 
all through whatever screen is closest to you, right? Maybe it's your flat screen television, which is just a screen, right? Maybe it's your laptop. Maybe it's your phone. You will be able to access everything through that app. That's the bet that Disney is placing. Now, Fox is taking a step back, and they are saying, man, we think that these sports rights are insanely overvalued. We think we have wrung as much value out of these regional sports networks as we possibly can. We think they are under siege. That's a big bet here. Disney is basically making the bet that they are going to pivot and that you are going to subscribe to their content whether you have a cable subscription or not that they're going to make you have to subscribe because of what they're going to be able to put behind that wall. Now, I don't know how quickly cable is going to basically become an app. I don't know how rapidly it's going to happen, but I think what you're seeing is the creative destruction of the existing cable business model, and this is Disney's attempt to compete with the Amazons, with the Netflixes, with potentially Facebook and also Amazon, all of these companies with unbelievable, extraordinary war chests, which are much bigger than Disney now. It's about the content game. And Fox tried to buy Time Warner a while back and basically is acknowledging we can't compete with Netflix. We can't compete with the, uh, with the Facebooks of the world. We're just going to rely on the existing businesses that we have. We'll have Fox News. We'll have Fox Business, we'll have FS1, we'll have FS2, we'll have the Fox Broadcast Network, and we're going to focus on live. We're not going to focus on what the value is of our long career of creating value. We're willing to kick the Simpsons to the curb, give them to Disney. We're willing to get rid of all these assets that we've created in our library and give those to Disney and let Disney try to figure out a way to make money on that in the future. We're basically going all in on live, and Disney is going all in on its library of overall valuable talent. Does that make sense? I think it probably makes some sense. This is me reacting live to the news about the $66 plus billion transaction that's going to be taking place now between Disney and and 21st Century Fox. We're going to go now to my guy, Todd Furman. We've got him scheduled always on Thursdays. We'll break down everything coming up in the next week in this NFL uh, action, including a really mediocre game going on tonight, uh, unfortunately, for those of us who are football fans, between who? The Denver Broncos and who are the Denver Broncos playing this crap? The Indianapolis Colts. So it's not going to be a good game, but that's the start of the 14th game of the NFL season in the 15th week. Up next, it's Todd Furman. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. As well, car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a newer used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. He joins us every single Thursday, even in the midst of breaking news. He's Todd Furman. You can follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman on, uh, on where can you follow him? Twitter there. Goodness. Todd Furman, what's up, my man? How are you? I'm doing well this morning, Clay. How are things? Uh, we're following this uh, breaking news, kind of been expected for a little while, but uh, the decision by 
Disney to buy many of the assets of Fox, uh, 21st Century Fox, and the impact that has in the world of entertainment and beyond. Um, and uh, obviously there are going to be substantial impacts on the world of sports. But uh, there are several things that, uh, that we can get to in the world of sports right now, and that includes the NFL's 14th game of the season kicking off tonight with a game that nobody wants to watch between the Broncos and the Colts. Is there any reason to watch this game from a gambling perspective? Uh, you know what? The only angle that I can try and create from a gambling uh, point of view would be backing the Colts if they get to be three-point underdogs. This is a number that looks a little bit inflated on the heels of the Colts' uh, performance over the weekend in Buffalo that was hindered, so to speak, by the six inches of snow that were on the ground. All is not well with the Denver Broncos after drumming the New York Jets last weekend. Offense still looking for an identity, and they were pretty fortunate uh, to try and clamp down there. But little to say, if you have other things to do on your Thursday night agenda, this would not be what I would call must-see TV. Uh, no doubt at all. In fact, I'm going to go see the new Star Wars movie tonight, which should be uh, hopefully a lot of fun. We'll see how that goes, taking the boys. Um, okay, let's talk about some of the major injury news stories that have come down this week. And let's start with Carson Wentz. From a drop-off perspective, Carson Wentz to Nick Foles means what to Vegas gamblers? You know what? He's a real polarizing quarterback in that there isn't much of a consensus depending on who you talk to. Odds makers, some feel one way, some betters feel differently. For me personally, it's about a four to four and a half point change. And the reason I say that is because Nick Foles is a little bit limited in terms of his skill set. We know he has experience playing in big games. We know he's probably one of the backups better suited to become a starting quarterback, but he doesn't provide that same level of mobility, that same grasp of the Eagles' offense, that I think you can talk about him in that field goal range like some people have suggested. I look at Philadelphia. They can definitely lean on their talented defense. They have a ground game to boot, so maybe they'll probably be a little bit more balanced offensively. Uh, But Carson Wentz has really been the straw that stirred the drink for this Philadelphia resurgence this season, Uh, and I think that when you look at the things that they're going to be able to do or unable to do with Nick Foles in the lineup, uh, you're talking talking about a drastic change in their playoff outlook against the likes of the Saints, uh, against the likes of the Vikings, uh, should it get to that point. Yeah, I've seen some places, Todd, where maybe the odds were something like 3-1 to one for the Eagles to have won the Super Bowl before the injury to Carson Wentz, and now they've dropped to around 12-1. to one. Is that an accurate reflection somewhat of what the futures market has done in terms of their odds to win a title? Exactly. I mean, a lot of books had them in that 3-1, to 5-1 to one range, and now they've drifted out to the 10-1, you know, 12-1 range. And when you look at the other changes that it's forced as far as the NFC is concerned, the beneficiaries become the Vikings. You've seen their numbers drop from a high of 12 to 1 down to 8 to 1. And of course, the Saints that were long shots early in the season, uh, you've seen them go from about 16 to 1 down to 12. So it does change the dynamics a little bit. Philadelphia, fortunately, has a very manageable schedule over the next few weeks. And the nice luxury they're afforded, having won last week in Los Angeles against the Rams, they've wrapped up the division so they can tinker a bit, but they'd obviously love nothing more than a home, have home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. Okay, Aaron Rodgers is back. Final three games for the Packers as they sit at 7-6, and six, on the road against the Panthers, uh, at home against the Vikings, and then on the road against the Lions. I think there's a very minimal chance that the Packers can win all three games. Do you agree with that perspective? I wouldn't say minimal, but I do think it's a bit of a long shot. If you look at Green Bay and what they're By the way, what's the, the difference between minimal and long shot? <laughs> 
Well, I'm going to change it, and I'm going to tell you why from an odds perspective. So yes. when you looked at Green Bay's odds to make the playoffs before Rodgers was announced as a starting quarterback for this weekend, that number was 12-1. to 1. So you had to put up $30 okay. to make a dollar on the no proposition that Green Bay was going to be on the outside looking in. When Rodgers gets announced in for the game, you saw that number get cut in half from 12-1 to 1 down to 6-1 to 1 for the Packers to make the postseason. And if you wanted to bet no, you'd have to put up $11 to make a dollar. So you see a massive shift in the numbers in that regard. As far as their odds to win the Super Bowl, you've seen them go from a long shot at one point, Clay, of 200 to 1 to come crashing down, so to speak, uh, to the point that they're now 20 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I don't think that offers a semblance of value in the least at 20 to 1. You're probably better off taking a money line rollover, assuming that the Packers would have to win the next three games, win the three games in the NFC, and then, of course, you know, win the Super Bowl. So you'd get better odds in that regard. Uh, and I'm also a little bit skeptical that you look at Aaron Rodgers, and a lot of people believe all of a sudden he flips the switch and can be in midseason form. I think there can be some rust, and Carolina not exactly a slouch on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, so that that was kind of fascinating to me. Aaron Rodgers comes back, and this line in the Panthers game has been really strange, right? It's kind of bounced around a lot and not necessarily pivoted like you necessarily anticipated. By kickoff, what do you think this line's going to be? Uh, I think you're going to see this number sit right in that two-and-a-half range. Uh, when you look at the betting trends, the general public sees Aaron Rodgers, and they're immediately going to gravitate towards that. But when you look at the way the market moved on Monday and Tuesday, we saw the number open at two. It got as high as six, six-and-a-half out here in the desert. Then Rodgers announces on Instagram he's been cleared. That number comes crashing down, and you've kind of seen those bet splits level out. But the real $100 million question is, do you make the full adjustment for what Aaron Rodgers means when he's entirely healthy to that number, or do you try and figure that he's operating at about a 60 to 65% clip? We know the general public doesn't always factor that in. They look at Green Bay's two-game win streak. Rodgers coming in, an emotional lift. So they think it should be a full seven- to eight-point adjustment. Professional bettors maybe have a different mindset. And a lot of the guys that I've spoken to waiting to see how low this money line goes before they can make a case for Carolina. All right. Uh, also, let's continue in the NFL. And obviously, massive game going on Sunday that's going to soak up most of the atmosphere of attention. The Patriots going on the road against the Steelers. Was the loss to the Dolphins ominous? Does it make you even more confident in the Patriots than you would have been before? And secondarily on this game, how much does who is favored to have home field advantage, in other words, who wins this game, matter in terms of the likelihood of going to the Super Bowl? In other words, if that was a complicated question, how much does it matter if the number one seed is in Pittsburgh versus the number one seed in New England? Well, when you look at these two teams right now, the odds to win the Super Bowl in New England, right around a 2-1 to favorite. The, the, you look at the Steelers, uh, they're behind them at 7-2. to Should Pittsburgh win this game on Sunday and kind of shift a little bit of that dynamic? I think you see New England's odds drop into that 5-2 to two range, maybe a shade less than 3-1. to one. And you'll see Pittsburgh's number come down as well because we know going through Gillette Stadium, especially in the AFC, extremely difficult this time of year. And Pittsburgh has lost to the New England Patriots the last four times they've played them. As far as the, this number being impacted by last weekend's results, Clay, you haven't really seen much change. On the look-ahead number, New England would have been about a two-and-a-half-point favorite, number out to three in some spots. I do think you'll see a little bit of resistance. Some concerns, obviously, with Pittsburgh and the way they've looked defensively without Ryan Shazier. Joe Hayden's status very much up in the air, uh, given his availability coming back from a broken leg. And you look at New England. We've seen this team flounder offensively without the services of Rob Gronkowski. He really is the only elite passing option that Tom Brady has. 
And despite having a short week and going on the road, uh, I don't think you hit the panic button for New England quite yet. If this number were to get to 3.5, I'd make a case for Pittsburgh. But at 3, it feels about the perfect point spread, knowing the dominance and wizardry that we've seen from Bill Belichick over Coach Tomlin. One thing to keep in mind, though, for people that want to look at the playoff game last year, remember, no Le'Veon Bell, no Martavis Bryant, no Juju Smith-Schuster back then. You were throwing to receivers like Sammy Coates and Kobe Hamilton, so a much more dynamic Steelers offense that the Patriots are going to encounter on Sunday than what they saw last January. NFC West and AFC West potentially could be decided this weekend as well. Let's start in the NFC. What do you see in Rams traveling to Seahawks? What's the line? What's the expectation? What do you like? Uh, this number's been interesting. When you look, some books actually open the Rams as modest road favorites, a one-and-a-half-point chalk. Number has ballooned out to two-and-a-half. Haven't started to th- see threes in the marketplace yet, and I'm a little bit surprised given so many of the injuries that Seattle has to deal with. We know that they're already down Cliff Averill, Richard Sherman, and Cam Chancellor. They've been playing without the absence of those three key contributors, but injured in the game last weekend against the Jaguars, Bobby Wagner left early on in the second half in a game that was 3 nothing Jacksonville. The Seahawks defense surrendered 27 points in the game's final 29 minutes. K.J. Wright still going through concussion protocol, not sure of his availability. And I'm skeptical that both those guys will be ready to go when you look at the Seahawks signing Paul Dawson from the practice squad and trying to integrate him that way. Uh, On the other side of the ball, with the Rams, they should get Robert Woods healthy. It'll change their passing game some. This just a very tough venue. Uh, for the Rams to try and go into and win, knowing what's at stake. The Rams outplayed Seattle the first meeting of the season in Los Angeles, just were done in by a minus three turnover ratio. If this number got to a field goal, I'd make a slight case for the Rams, uh, given you know some of those defensive shortcomings that Seattle may be faced with. But at the same time, until you knock off the big boy on the block, uh, you have to lean towards the Seahawks. Chargers started 0-4. They are now 7-6 and and tied for first place in the AFC West with Kansas City. That game is in Kansas City against the Chargers. Winner will be in first place in the AFC West. A loser will probably have a really tough time to make the playoffs. Who's the advantage here? What's the line telling us? What's the story? Well, this number's been interesting to watch all week. We saw Kansas City open as a one-point favorite at BetOnline.ag. Numbers swing all the way to the Chargers minus two before you start to see some Chiefs money come back in, taking this number down to a pick If I give you the two rosters and lay them down side by side, I'd probably make a case that the Chargers are better at almost every position, with maybe the exception of Marcus Peters as a true lockdown cornerback. Now, where Kansas City gets a massive edge is at the head coaching spot between Andy Reid and Anthony Lynn. At the same time, Phillip Rivers playing the best football of his career. We know it'll be a difficult atmosphere to go into Arrowhead at night. It's a charged spot. We saw Kansas City really play some of their best football last weekend against Oakland when they needed to. For me, the concern is Kansas City is amongst the worst teams in the NFL in terms of turning red zone possessions into touchdowns. Uh, I don't want to step in front of the freight train, and that for me right now, that's the Chargers' balanced offense. Keenan Allen uh, poised for big things here, and I look at their pass rush. I think the Chargers will be able to put pressure on Alex Smith, keep him in the pocket. I think it's the Chargers that put a stranglehold on the division when we're talking about the dust settling come Saturday night. Uh, Interesting. What other games in the NFL jump out to you and tell a story? Uh, I think when you look at the early game on Saturday between the Lions and Bears, people talking about the Lions and their playoff prospects, you know, this is a team professional bettors have been down on for quite some time. Uh, That number opened Detroit minus seven, trending towards five and a half. The Bears should be able to run the football. 
pretty well against that defensive front. And then when we look at a de facto elimination game, so to speak, on Sunday night, very real professional and public money coming in on the Cowboys. Uh, the Raiders opened up as a pick, and we've seen that number move to three. Would not be surprised, knowing some of the liability, going to Dallas if that number ultimately moved to three and a half. And all of a sudden, we'd be talking about the Cowboys controlling their own destiny, getting Ezekiel Elliott back for a date next weekend against the Seattle Seahawks. We're talking to Todd Furman. Follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman, F-U-H-R-M-A-N. You can follow him out there. He's up early with us in the desert in Las Vegas. Um, college football, the, the bowl games start on Saturday. Are there any early bowl games that you particularly like from a gambling perspective? Well, we talk about uh, trying to make time to do other things during Thursday night football. Saturday may be the perfect day to avoid some of the games, bowl game-wise, on the college football slate. One that I think is interesting taking place right out here in the desert uh, with Oregon, a seven to seven and a half point favorite, depending on where you look. Uh, If you read between the lines, Oregon has placed an increased emphasis on trying to re-recruit the players that Willie Taggart was going to bring up to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Some of the coaching staff won't even be making the trip down to Las Vegas for this bowl game. Uh, and you look at their historical, historically good running back in Rice Freeman, he hasn't even been practicing in pads, just kind of running. We're not sure he's going to be available. So if you have a chance to grab Boise State plus 7.5, I think you have two teams looking at this bowl game very differently. Another game to keep tab on will take place on next Friday, the 22nd. You can kind of maybe get out ahead of it. Some skepticism about Josh Allen's availability for Wyoming. Uh, We know the Cowboys, if he doesn't play, uh, changes so much of what this team can do offensively. But when you look at some of the other games midweek, the only game that I'd make a case for having some value would be going over the total down there in Boca with your boy Lane Kiffin. I think Florida Atlantic will want to make a statement, and Akron not afraid to score and try and keep up uh, should they get down two or three scores. NFC South. Let's go back to some of these difficult divisions. I got the NFC South and the AFC South I want to ask you about. NFC South. Who wins this division? Is it the Panthers? Is it the Falcons? Is it the Saints? Uh, I think it's still the Saints division to lose. Uh, You look at New Orleans, and while I know that Carolina uh, has a slight edge as far as record is concerned right now, the Saints do hold the tiebreaker. And uh, I think the Saints, probably the most complete team going in the NFC. You look at their ability to run the football – if Alvin Kamara is 100%, we know Drew Brees has been there, done that, and you like what you've seen from the Saints on the defensive side. So I still think the Saints ultimately win the NFC South when the dust settles there. And you mentioned the AFC South, Clay. Jacksonville Jaguars, slight favorites at about $3 right now. So much to be concerned about from a Tennessee Titans perspective. That offense was nowhere to be found last weekend in the desert against the Arizona Cardinals. Jacksonville playing with a bit of house money. Uh, I think that division will ultimately come down to the Week 17 showdown between those two teams uh, as the Titans look to try and pull off the upset. So that means that you think the Titans have a good chance to pull off ridiculously an upset on the road against the 49ers this weekend because the 49ers are favored in that game. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a ridiculous upset, yet being a modest one-and-a-half pointer dog, but given the Herculean task it's proven to be for them to try and move the football, uh, anything is possible. At the same time, this is one of the largest moves from a look-ahead line perspective to what the number is now. Going into last weekend, the Titans would have been four-point favorites on the road, now facing that underdog tag. And the crazy part about it, the general public, all aboard the Jimmy Garoppolo Express, looking to lay points with a talented quarterback as he makes his first home start uh, wearing San Francisco 49ers colors. Appreciate you getting up early with us, my man. We'll talk to you next week. Always a pleasure. Good luck to your Titans this weekend, Clay. Hopefully they look a little better on the offensive side.
You and me both. Uh, that's Todd Furman. Go follow him on Twitter. Uh, he is in Las Vegas, and he is always fantastic. He also writes some um, at OutKick. Let me bring in my guy, Eddie Garcia. What's shaking, my man? Well, Clay, let's start with NFL news, where the details of the contract extension for Commissioner Roger Goodell have been revealed. The deal, which could pay him up to $200 million, is not guaranteed money. Almost 90% is incentive-based, which means his performance has to be evaluated and approved by owners in order for Goodell to receive his full payment. A couple of games in the NBA. Rockets make it 11 wins in a row with a 108-96 win over the Hornets. Celtics down the Nuggets 124-118. Kyrie Irving 33 points for Boston. And the Thunder beat the Pacers 100-95. Paul George back in Indiana for the first time against his old team had 12 points in the win for Oklahoma City. And Clay, in other news, you've been talking about it all morning. Disney's agreed to acquire Fox Studios and television production assets for $52.4 billion. That package that Disney is buying reportedly includes the Fox Regional Sports Operation. The Fox Network will retain its news and sports assets. Indeed. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the final segment of the show as well. We've got to play Warren Sapp explaining why he didn't actually give anybody sex toys, even though he did actually give people sex toys. You need to hear this audio. It's incredible. Uh, and again, we're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. The good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Final segment up next. You can call us. You can react. You can also make sure that whatever you're doing, don't leave your vehicles. Warren Sapp on sex toys is must-listen. This is Fox Sports Radio. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. As well, Love has an army, and you can join the fight. Help the Salvation Army fight for those in need all over our community this Christmas by going to foxsportsradio.com and clicking the red kettle icon to donate or call 1-833-SAL-JOIN. Encourage you to go download the podcast, search out OutKick, as millions of you are doing. Thanks for spending your Thursday morning with us. Obviously, the big news to discuss is, at least in the world of sports and also in the world of media in general, is the decision of Fox to sell basically two-thirds of the company, at least, to Disney and what Disney will be buying. Now, most people out there in the Twitter sphere are not quite understanding this, so let me repeat this very straightforwardly. Fox News, Fox Business, Big Fox Network Channel, as well as FS1 and FS2 are not being bought by Disney. There will be zero impact at Fox Sports Radio to this deal. What Disney is buying is the 20th Century Fox movie studio and all of its past catalog. They are buying uh, 20-ish regional sports networks. So if you watch the, uh, if you watch, let's say, the Minnesota Timberwolves, or you watch the Nashville Predators, or you watch the New York Yankees, those networks that are airing Fox local programming now will become owned by Disney ESPN. So that's the biggest change from a sports perspective. Uh, I'm going to write about this because I think people are really not understanding it. I think it's a fascinating window into the world of modern 21st century media. And I would encourage you, if you're just listening to this now, one, go to outkick.com in about an hour, and I will have a big article up that will make sense of this to, from my perspective, for all of you to be able to read. I'll also uh, would encourage you, you can go back and listen 
to the open of hour three on the podcast where I talked about this. And I'll be live at three o'clock Eastern-ish on my daily Periscope and Facebook breaking down this deal in a substantial fashion. But again, the article will go up on OutKick in the next hour and a half or so. So when you get to work by lunchtime, there will be an article easily by lunchtime, probably before, breaking down what I think is the overall impact of this deal. So there's much to discuss. I'm sure that we will still be discussing it tomorrow because there's going to be a lot of confusion and misinformation and, frankly, disinformation that is spread about this particular deal. All right, but let's have some fun right here. Uh, And and what was otherwise a serious story, this is pretty uh, incredible. There was a story written um, about the lawsuit that has been filed against the NFL Network involving many former NFL athletes who have been let go now by the NFL Network indefinitely suspended based on the allegations there. One of the allegations was that Warren Sapp gave sex toys as Christmas gifts to uh, the woman in this lawsuit as well as potentially other women working at the NFL Network. Warren Sapp made the brilliant decision to go on the radio and discuss all of the allegations in this complaint. And in particular, he was asked about whether he had given any of the women here sex toys. And he said no, but then he said, well, just listen to this. It's one of the dumbest answers I've heard in a long time. Warren Sapp on whether he had given any women at the NFL Network sex toys. Did you ever give her sex toys as she claims? No. Now, the sex toys are little vibrators that... You know, and I have a picture of one that my man makes at ScreamingO.com. My man had made a little little novelty thing that kind of looked like mascara things that are like a lipstick and an eyeliner and different things that are little toys for ladies that, that, that move around a little bit. So I showed him the picture and said, look what my man made. Oh, bring us some. So I brought some. And, I brought and some for the makeup ladies. What Warren is uh, is just showing me a picture here of what to me looks like uh, Lip, lipstick. Lipstick, yeah. Yeah, because it's for the makeup ladies. Did you give the women sex toys? No. What I did was give them vibrators that look like lipstick. That's what, uh. That is Warren Sapp's argument right here. Again, I love this. I mean, is he aware of how dumb he sounds when he starts off his argument by saying, no, 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 no. that's a crazy allegation. And then he ends it by saying, yeah, I just gave him lipstick that looks like vibrators. Listen to this again. This might be the worst defense I've heard. Maybe his CTE really is acting up. Here's Warren Sapp asked whether he gave the woman who filed this lawsuit any sex toys as presents. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not what happened, Warren Sapp says. No, I didn't give her sex toys as presents. I gave her lipstick that looked like a vibrator because, well, this is Warren Sapp's explanation. Did you ever give her sex toys as she claims? No. Now, the sex toys are little vibrators that, you know, and I have a picture of one that my man makes at ScreamingO.com. My man had made a little little novelty thing that kind of looked like mascara things that are like a lipstick and an eyeliner and different things that are little toys for ladies that, that, that move around a little bit. So I showed him the picture and said, look what my man made. Oh, bring us some. So I brought some. I and brought some for the makeup ladies. What Warren is uh, is just showing me a picture here of what to me looks like uh, Lip, lipstick. lipstick. Yeah, yeah, because it's for the makeup ladies. Do you think Warren Sapp poll question is so dumb that he doesn't understand that he did 
exactly what he also said he did not do within a 20-second radio clip. He said, no, 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 I didn't give them sex toys. What I did was give them vibrators that look like lipstick. I mean, is he that dumb? Or does he not? I mean, how? If somebody explain what Warren Sapp was trying to say in that comment. I'm not going to try and interpret Warren Sapp. I've never done it before. I'm never going to do it again. But I'll tell you this. I laugh every time I hear that cut because he's like, no, 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 no. They're not sex toys. My man over at ScreamingO.com. <laughs> that's, that's where I lose it every single time. I mean, it's like, how, do seriously? You, how dumb are you? This guy might be the dumbest former NFL player in the entire country, which is saying something. Maybe it's his CTE acting up. But he says, no, 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 I didn't give him sex toys. 20 seconds later, he's admitting that he gave him vibrators that looked like lipstick. I'm not an expert in vibrators that look like lipstick, but I'm pretty damn sure that's a sex toy. Maybe Warren Sapp is defining sex toys as something that doesn't include definite sex toys. Also, novelty and toy basically mean the same thing. Like, the fact that you say it's a novelty does not mean it's not a, a sex novelty and a sex toy. There's no delineation between these two things. We need to take calls and spin zone Warren Sapp tomorrow on the Friday edition. I want the best Johnny Cochran lawyer out there to call in and defend Warren Sapp's radio interview there, which would immediately, by the way, be admissible in court. Uh, what an idiot this guy is. I have no idea what he was thinking. Whatever you do, don't give sex toys to your coworkers. But if you do... Make sure that they're vibrators that look like lipstick because that's not a sex toy, according to Warren Sapp. Amazing show. Download it on OutKick. Thanks for hanging. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. 